Welcome to Game Changers, the podcast for sales and sales leadership within the investment management industry. I'm your host, John Keeby, and I run a recruiting firm, Career Connections, focused on the industry. You can find and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. But if you're looking for black wholesalers, we have them. People have been doing this for decades. People can point directly and say, I am better. I am wholesaler of the year. I made seven figures because of what I learned from that AWD member, right? People that are ready for leadership right now. Here we are with the second half of our conversation with Marlon Hall, who is an experienced wholesaler in the annuity space, as well as the founder of the Association for Wholesaler Diversity. In this conversation, we'll cover why and how the organization was founded, why it's an important organization, not only for the current members, but its future members and the industry overall. Marlon also shares some of the racism he's experienced in the business and how he's dealt with it and how the industry overall can better embrace and support diversity. I hope you enjoy the conversation. So let's talk about the Association for Wholesale and Diversity, which you founded, I, I assume, by yourself. I know your your wife is a, a critical component of it now. Um, do you have any other co-leaders or is it was this your brainchild in 2016 to launch this organization? Well, it's my brainchild to launch the organization. Um, you know, it's not particularly complex, you know, so the organization is at its core. Let's bring people together, a very right. specific group of people, people who happen right. to be black and also right. happen to be wholesalers. Mm-hmm. And so initially it was external wholesalers. And, you know, because we do have, obviously I have leaders, you know, fellow leaders and, you know, executive committee and, and officers and things of that nature. So I'm not the only person doing anything these days, but as far as the brainchild, yeah, it was mine because even though it's not a, not a, a particularly complex concept and individuals have had the idea, they've shared them. Mm-hmm. With me. Mm-hmm. I executed them. Right. And so uh, I do give credit to a young woman who was a wholesaler, former wholesaler. She was now in a like a speaking seminar, speaking role at um, a REIT company when I met her. But this was when we founded it. Uh, it was February 2016. It was in Cancun at a top producer conference. And the top producers obviously didn't want to spend any time with us and wholesalers. And so I had arranged to take some advisors to dinner, which I did. And I chose to partner with someone who wasn't a direct competitor, the REIT company. And so me and the young lady met. She didn't know I was black. I didn't know she was black. So that was a pleasant surprise. We, we had our dinner and, and entertained the advisors. The advisors went back about their business because, again, it was Cancun with their wives and their families. They, they didn't want to spend any more time with us than they had to. So then her and I actually got to talk more than you would typically spend time talking to another wholesaler at a conference. Because generally at a conference, you're down there with your own, you know, contingent, plus you're seeking to do work with advisors as much as possible. FaceTime, you know, let's go out and even if it's just entertainment, let me be in your space. But again, the advisors didn't want me in their space. They're with their wives. And I was the only person from my contingent. And she was the only one from hers. I think it was because it was Cancun. Like they weren't sending dozens of people. So point is, her and I got to sit down and talk at length. And I shared with her this idea that I had shared with others. But the, the two things that were different was I got to go more in depth because I had more time. And there was really nothing else to do. We were literally sitting in the restaurant after everyone had left and the bill had been paid, but there was nothing going on and we're just talking. And so I got to go into more depth about what my idea was. And this is critical. This is why I give her honorary co-founding status because she was encouraging. She said, that's a great idea. You should absolutely do that with energy. Right. Um, I have shared this idea with the individuals that, that I had bumped into as well as, you know, folks at my own firm there, you know, there are a few, a few black wholesalers uh, in my firm. And at worst it was, what's the point mm-hmm. to, yeah, that's, that sounds like a good idea. Right. 
right? <laughs> so not that, you know, it was, it was, it was absolutely necessary to have this, this positive energy encouragement. But I tell you, the stars aligned because mm-hmm. I had a lot of time, right? I wasn't there with my wife. And so right. I literally went back to my little hotel room and started planning it. You know, I used to write business plans. I started mapping. Of course, I, you know, write business plans, you know, as a wholesaler. Um, I started mapping it out. But that was the part. Just the fact that I had time to go into more depth. But I honestly, in retrospect, if I had gone into more depth with the other folks previously, I suspect their response would have been the same. She was simply encouraging because that's who she was. Her name's Kana, Kana Smith. And so, um, you know, whereas the mechanics and the execution, you know, that, that I did that, right. Um, it doesn't happen. I, I don't think certainly not, you know, in retrospect, given the fact that I introduced this idea to others, it doesn't happen if she's not who she was as a person. And so, uh, she's still in the game. She left and came back. Um, she's at a different firm now, but, um, that's how it began. That's how it began. But of course, immediately when I, now that I had a plan, right. And, and some structure now the folks who were like, that's a good idea. were happy to participate. Right. Instead of from the get go, it was like, Hey, here's this. Okay. We can do that. You know, that I can do. So, um, it, it really took off and, and it took off fast because as a wholesaler, you know, we, we have to execute, right? We don't have a lot of time for him and Han. So here's this idea. What is the outcome? Well, bringing people together. Well, how do you bring them together? You physically bring them together. So we had our first gathering uh, that June, right? Idea in February, execution begins. By June, we had our first meeting, our first annual conference, if you will. We obviously didn't call it that. But that's what it was. It was in Washington, D.C. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's simply grown each year since then. And Marlone, the the core, the core, the core. Um, the, the core uh, I'm struggling for a word here, but the, the, the core reasons you founded the reasons. organization is to address what? The, the reason I address, found the organization was when I encountered black wholesalers at conferences or what have you it was always it's always like a surprise pleasant surprise for me right but it was like hey hey and it 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 was just silly one of the con- the conversations that i had with kana was who who do you know what black wholesalers have you come across in your career and she'd been in the business long so quite very much longer than than i had at that point and so she's naming all these names. And so I'm telling her the people that I had come across. And of course, I was actively tracking them. Like she was just doing it from memory, like, oh, there was this one. But I was tracking them because even before I started putting pen to paper, I had the idea, right, that, that who these people, we should all know each other. So the primary goal was that it was silly that we don't know each other because we're obviously you know, in a unique situation, wholesaling in itself is a unique space. And then being a black person, just by nature of the numbers is unique yet again. And so just like any group, you know, if there were people who were in the same fraternity, right. And, but they all were wholesalers. I suspect they would know each other, at least I presume. Um, But I believe that all the black wholesalers should know each other. That was the core reason at that point in time. We should just know each other. We should have a community. And then that way, some of the aspects of being a black wholesaler, which is an additional level of being alone, right? Wholesaling is a lonely game, but being a black wholesaler is lonely yet again, because you'll go to your, your, your company meeting where you're supposed to plug in and get energized and, and, and be amongst your peers. And we are, and we do, but no one looks like you. And this doesn't have to be a conscious thing. It doesn't have to be a big deal, but it's still a deal. And so that was the purpose. That was the purpose. And so that's why 
of our four pillars, community is still the first, and as they say, foremost of what we do is we, we have this community. Marlon, I think when we first talked, you'd mentioned the numbers. Refresh my memory. What is your membership and, and, and how the, the makeup of African-American wholesalers among the wholesaler community in general, what are the numbers there? The definition of a member of AWD is a black wholesaler. So there's no such thing as a black wholesaler who's not a member of AWD. Okay. So, um, because being a member, there's no sign up. Mm -hmm. You become a member when you're black and you become a wholesaler, or if you're a wholesaler and you somehow become black, it's one of the two things. Those are the two criteria. So, um, so the answer to both questions are the same, right? Like how many black wholesalers are there? How many members do you have? Um, we've identified about 600. And that, in, that includes externals, hybrids, internals. It includes key accounts people who we incorporate. Uh, it includes advanced markets people whom we incorporate. And of course, both of those functions have external hybrid and internal components depending on the firm. Um, and then it also includes managers of wholesalers at any level. Uh, in any of the three, you know, division categories, right? Wholesaling, key accounts, or advanced market. If you're a manager of externals, hybrids, or internals in that uh, space, then then that's then you're a member. So, and that goes all the way up to the head of distribution. So, if, you know, Troy Thornton, head of distribution at Goldman Sachs, he's got wholesaling in his portfolio. He's right. an AWD member by definition. Right. Dominic Blue, who's never actually wholesaled in his career, right? But he's had a distribution at Mass Mutual, and he has, you know, wholesalers, all the wholesalers at his at his organization in his portfolio. He's a member. Um, right. And we also incorporate entry level. You know, if someone begins as an intern on the sales desk of you, you pick a company, if they're black, they're a member. As soon as they enter the world of wholesaling, anywhere on the vertical, then they're a member. And so we know that there are more members than those we've identified. You know, to your point earlier at the top of the, the session about you, you didn't know anything about us. I Please don't be chagrined by that. We don't advertise. We, we don't have a budget for that where we're, you know, in the journal or in the trade mags. You know, and what I mean, I guess there are trade mags. You look at Rob Shores out, you know, he's got, he's got his thing. I guess we should probably take that out now that I think about it. But, um, but yeah, we don't advertise. That's not the process. The process is, you know, cause we didn't have any type of corporate donations early on. It's just talk. You tell someone, cause that's how I began, right? I call the people I knew. I ping the people that she knew that I could track down. And then the people that I knew, I said, Hey, and you go tell the people, you know, Right. And so it, if especially for the entry level folks, right, they don't know. Uh, and then there, there are people out there on an island at firms, really small firms, you know, like just really small firms. Right. With one person for the country or something like that. And they're not plugged in. They don't know. They don't go to the conferences that, we, you know, that the, the top firms go to. And so we know that there are more out there. Um, but, you know, that's that's the data that we have. We have you know, approximately 600 people that we've identified. But again, it's it's this broad definition, wholesaling key accounts, advanced markets from the very bottom to the very top. Often in our business, when people say the word wholesaler, they're talking about external wholesale. Yeah, sure. Just that, right? And mm -hmm. just wholesaling, not key accounts, advanced markets. Right. Those numbers, less than 200. Mm. So 600 some odd members, Marlone in AWD, what is the, what is the overall, uh, your, your count of the overall uh, wholesaler community? I, I should probably answer that or, or no, yeah, you, you, I, I'm I relying should. on you. <laughs> um, how many, how many thousands of uh, wholesaling wow. jobs out there are there and, and inclusive of all of the, the permutations you mentioned? Yep. When you include all the permutations you've mentioned, you know, we estimate twenty to thirty thousand. I mean, it seems like okay. a lot. Sounds right. Sounds right. It's it, it's it's a lot of there are a lot of companies. You know, I have discovered in doing this just the width and breadth of our industry. Mm -hmm. You know, and there are all these little pockets 
right. you know, and, and you've got, you know, there's the annuity, the, ins- the life insurance and the asset management, mm-hmm. but there's the disability, there's the group benefits. Like if you're, if your client right. is an advisor or an agent, right. a retail right. financial professional, they're mm-hmm. all either. And then of course, there's the fact that people don't call them that, right? Mm-hmm. You got all the titles. That's, that's a personal, uh, I wouldn't say annoyance, that's too strong, but people come into our space and like, I'm the director and the consultant. Like, stop. <laughs> stop. We're, it's just us. <laughs> Are right, you right. external, hybrid, or internal? Please just right. keep it moving. Oh, it um, drives me nuts. I'm trying to find people on, on LinkedIn <laughs> and they've got a million different titles. And executives. be some standardization. Oh, Jesus. Well, for, our, for us, there is standardization forced standardization for our internal right. tracking uh, right. but yes that's that's our estimate and so so you, I mean, you can do the math right that's not a lot you know even if right. there are another call it two or three hundred you know floating around that we haven't found the numbers are still pretty low and so right. um that's you know that's the deal right so marlon aside from being you know just being apart from some of your colleagues in terms of your racial identity, what are the challenges was someone does someone like you face in this industry beyond just again just having a different racial makeup? I mean, is there have you experienced personal personally aside from that horrible discrimination discriminatory uh, incident you had in construction? Have you have you ide- uh, personally experienced anything similar to that in your work as a wholesaler? Your work in you know, financial services. Yeah. Racism is pretty common. You know, I know mm-hmm. that it's, it's a trigger word now and, and, you know, folks get real bit out of shape, but, you know, my observation is that most black people that, you know, and again, I can't speak for the, the, you know, African-Americans in the United States of America. I speak for myself mm-hmm. and, the, and the folks mm-hmm. that I engage with, but my observation, mm-hmm. uh, as someone who observes, humanity is that black people racism is kind of baked into the cake and so you know there's a lot of there's a lot of you know attempts to address it and 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 you know change it right like it and and kudos to these efforts um but you know where i grew up you know we had we were in our community but literally anytime i stepped outside of my community actually in my community you know, there were businesses, most of the businesses in the community where I grew up were not owned by black people. They were owned by non-black people. Um, and then in Chicago, if you're familiar with it, you know, there are neighborhoods that are named for the ethnicity. And I don't think that's really changed. And so, you know, you know the ethnicity of the neighborhood you're in because that's what it's called. And everyone calls it that. There's a sign that says that. And yet all the other communities would, the, the business owners were people of that ethnicity. And if you try to do business, open a business or whatever in the in that other ethnicity's uh, neighborhood, it wasn't yeah. going to work. Right. But in our neighborhood, almost all the business were were owned by not us, right? And so, sure. the the point is, racism is just baked into the cake. And I know again, that's a heavy word, right? Even just saying it, people say it, prejudice and discrimination and bias and. I, that's, I'm not worried about that, right? I'm just, it is what it is. And so I've had guns, a gun, a gun pulled on me by a liquor or a, a liquor store. I don't drink, uh, by a convenience store clerk. Um, I was there late at night. I was getting, literally getting a, a fork for the pineapple I had picked up to, to eat as I was driving on to my hotel that evening and pulled a gun, pulled it out of his holster, pointed it at me. I stopped and, you know, I, what's going on? This guy said, you came in here a little aggressive. You know, this was in Southern, the Southern part of my territory in Indiana. You know, I mean, just these things happen. I mean, obviously I was shook up. Yes. I mean, like, I'm not trying to downplay these types of experience. I've gone into a uh, agent's office and they had their clan certificate on the wall next to their insurance license and their other certifications because wow, in that community, it, in that community, right, that was relevant. I mean, you know, you're putting it up here next to these other certifications that indicate your credibility. Well, 
in that community, apparently that lent credibility to him as a professional. So, you know, I've had the in, I was an internal covering the Southern part of my territory. People would say the N word, this is before, you know, pictures on emails and LinkedIn. Right. And so when the question came up, what do you want to do about it? So what do you mean? What do I want to do about it? Well, do you want us to fire him? You know, and kudos to my firm, right. For having my back. But I said, there's no value there because if I fire, if you fire him as a, as a client of the firm, because of this recorded incident, it's not an incident. I didn't react. I, you know, I said, I tried to keep the, keep the conversation moving forward because people saying things like that, it's not a surprise. Right. And so that's the observation that I have is that, you know, non-black people are often surprised, like, but this is just life. This is life. And so, you know, as is the case with just about any obstacle, I choose to move forward and, and I consign a lot of these things to distraction. I know that that's not always possible. Obviously, when the gentleman pulled the gun, you know, the outcome there is far more than a distraction. Uh, I get pulled over quite a bit. I have a nice car. Um, and, you know, I've had entire police forces, it felt like, uh, come out and dogs and the whole bit because some, I mean, presumably they don't tell me this, but presumably they think I can't be in this car legitimately. You know, um, I have had them say to me because I'm generally pretty pleasant with the police officers because I respect the, the role. I, you know, see the value in what a police officer does. I have someone who has stuff that I don't want my stuff to get taken. Um, so I, you know, I generally try to keep it light. And so one time I did that and the, and the guy, you know, he's laughing and talking. We're staying on the side of the road while the dogs sniff my car for drugs. And he says, yeah, you know, doing interdiction. And, and he told, he said, because he, he felt comfortable saying it because I kind of made him comfortable saying that, you know, you, you, you don't look like you belong around here. And so, you know, duly noted. Right. But I got to go. I got to go to where the where the advisors are. I drove through a drove. There was a Klan rally, actually a Klan. This is in Pennsylvania. Um, they were they were marching and I was going to be late for a meeting. And I called the advisor and and he said, oh, I forgot about that. I'm sorry. If you want to reschedule, we can. I said, why would I reschedule? I'm all the way down here. Let's, you know, once this commotion gets by, I'll be a little late. But let's get on with it. Because, the, you know, there are, there are obstacles everywhere, man. There's always something, you know, and different people do deal with, deal with it differently. But the way I deal with any obstacle is I adapt, you know, I over it, under it, around it, whatever the case may be. Now, right. all that said, I am human. Mm-hmm. And there is a, yeah, there's a real mental health impact to all of this nonsense and it builds up. Mm-hmm. But the critical point for me is that I'm not unique, nor are black people unique in having obstacles. Now, our obstacles are unique, right? There's no other group that was enslaved in the United States for hundreds of years and all the things that come with that. But, you know, I look at women wholesalers constantly being hit on, constantly being sexualized. That's a unique challenge to women, black, white, or you know what have you, that I don't have. And so we, we all have some type of cross to bear, as they say. And so it really just boils down to how do you bear it? And, you know, this is the way I've chosen to bear it, which is effectively going all the way back to when I was a kid. Figure it out, get on with it. You know, and I don't excuse people. I I make note, just to be clear. I'm not saying, oh, that's fine, or that's how they were raised, even though that's true, that's how they were raised. I'm not a fan. But I have a goal in mind. And so I, I choose every day. Do I choose to focus on this? Or do I choose to focus on my goal, my outcome? And, you know, Generally, the choice is my outcome. Now, at some point, that may change, right? And 
But at this point, that's where it's at. So, but I speak, I do speak for my members, black wholesalers, when I say that racism is an everyday thing. It's subtle. It's sometimes, rarely now is it overt, but it's, but it's still happening. Um, you look at job outcomes, right? It's like, I'm not racist. That's fine. I'll take you at your word, but there's 12 to 13% black people over here. We graduate from college, we graduate with business degrees. We apply for jobs, outcomes. What's the outcome? Look at the makeup of the firm. Sure. Yeah, Marlona, I mean, you've given us some shocking examples of overt racism. And I, you know, your comment about it being baked in the cake, as you say, for your, you know, for you and your membership is, you know, really eye-opening for me. And it's something I really need to think about. Tell me a little bit, though, I, I mean, I'm sure when you get together with your colleagues at your uh, annual meetings, do you discuss any more subtle racism that goes on within within the, the companies that folks are employed with and like getting to the next level glass ceiling type stuff where you feel like, you know, subtle racism that not, not of the over, the overt flavor that you that you describe, but rather not getting the divisional spot, not getting the national sales spot, not getting the leadership spot that you've earned. Is, no, that, is that a topic of discussion as well? Actually, it's not. We don't talk about racism in any way, shape or form uh, at our at our events. Racism is exhausting. You know, code switching and and unconscious and conscious bias and discrimination and prejudice, all, just all of these things. That stuff's exhausting. And, and we're literally dealing with it all day, every day, at work, at the grocery store, um, you know, at the, at the mall where the people are following you around and, um, you know, on the phone, you know, or just anywhere. Like people assume that you're a clerk or just it's nonstop. And so one of the, the advantages to AWD and our gatherings is it's a break from all that. Right. It's a break from all that. There's, we're here. We're amongst ourselves. We all know what's going on. We have our ways of dealing with it. And if there are challenges, then we address them. Right. We have you have your mentor. You have your your leadership. Um, we have mechanisms in place to help you. And again, we we work with psychologists. You know, we even have a couple of attorneys for people that are you know you know absolutely determined to address their challenges that way that we can refer them to. But that is not part of our mission to 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 really focus on that. We just don't. Um, we help people, like I said, um, because again, we know it's there. But when we get together, we're focused on getting better at our craft. Because when you think about all the challenges that you referenced, right, like the subtle things, you know, the person who's preventing you from getting hired. Well, this has happened, pretty common actually. And so that if it comes to my attention, I'll say, well, what is it that you want? I want to be an external wholesaler. Okay. Do you want to be an external wholesaler where you're at? Ideally. Okay. And given what you've just described, right, the manager, your opinion of the manager and, and how you, you know, see the outcomes thus far, do you believe that's feasible? No. Okay. So that means you're going to look for this opportunity somewhere else, right? Well, we, our members make up nearly the entire industry. And so, you know, let me introduce you to, you know, a member at another firm that you can talk to about their experience, you know, and see if that's something for you. And then obviously let's go over here and look on the job board and see if there's something for you. If again, this is what it is you're seeking is to move up, but you don't feel like you can move up where you're at. Now, if they say, no, I think it can be done, right? I think I can work through around this individual or, or maybe this individual isn't, you know, it, he doesn't realize or she doesn't realize. Okay. Right. Then, right. then let's work with you. Let's partner, you know, let's encourage your firm to partner with us and engage with us. And so we can have some candid conversations because we have candid conversations with our sponsors about things. 
Um, but again, it's just not a focus of the firm, the, fo- the focus of the organization. The focus of the organization, again, is community. And community is just a place of peace, and, and, and we don't have to deal with that. The second thing is development. Get better. You may have heard of the black tax. Maybe you haven't. But the black tax is a concept that um, because of, you know, overt racism and subtle racism, black people often have to be exceptional in order to just be. Sure. And if they're mediocre, then they stand out more that the outcomes for mediocrity are different because, Mm -hmm. you know, hey, so they held to a different standard, different standards. So. Okay, right? Like, if this is the case, then that means we're forced to be excellent. Doesn't sound so bad in a vacuum, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not fair. Life's not fair. So we are focused on helping our members get better. We want them to be better, period. Not because of the black tax, but because they're getting better. And so if a member believes that getting better even if that means they have to be the absolute best just to get a shot, is what it takes to get a shot at their shop, we're here for that. We're going to help them with that. If a member has determined that they're going to leave anyway, well, we do everything we can to keep them in wholesaling because that's who we are, right? You'll see other organizations talking about financial professionals. That's wonderful. This is wholesalers. I want wholesalers, black wholesalers, because wholesaling is an incredibly lucrative career. It's hidden and people, no one really knows about it. But if you have 99 wholesalers, let's just say white men wholesalers, right? I'm not making a characterization, but let's just say you have 99 white men wholesalers and one black wholesaler. Now, let's say the black wholesaler is an overachiever and they go out and get 10 people to apply. And let's just say the white men are relatively casual about it, and only half of them go out and get somebody. Math says we're still not caught up. Right. 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 They got 50 to my 10 to go apply for that (laughs) job, right? So we want to keep members in-house and retention is a thing, you know, in, in this business, it's a, it's an issue as it relates to diversity hiring. I think across all businesses, we help with retention and we help with retention at the firm because your employee, your wholesaler employee has a place where they can decompress. And if they do want to get it off their chest, they can do that one-on-one, right? The people are here for that. It's not organizational. And it helps with retention in the industry because now they've been siloed. They didn't know anybody else. And when it doesn't work out, they think, oh, well, I guess I, I have all these licenses, but I guess this isn't for me. No more. Right. If you're going to lose them anyway, let someone else have them. Don't just mm-hmm. let them go, you know, work at the grocery store or something, which is nothing against right. grocery store workers. Much respect. Yeah, no, I know. But so anyway, that's that's the deal. Hmm. Interesting. So you've got community, you've got development of, of of the members. I know there is another component, which you're advanced part of your organization is to bring people in new people into the organization, young people. Correct. So that's the fourth one. It's community okay. development, advancement, advancement critical. Okay. I won't spend too much time. I know we're running sure. long. But advancement is helping people move up the vertical who seek to do so. It's critical, John, because it can have an impact on everything else, including the next one, which is where a lot of focus tends to go, which is the recruiting Mm -hmm. aspect. Mm -hmm. But if I can help black wholesalers advance, you know, from internal to external, then they're demonstrating the right. skill. And so for the managers who are not in fact racist by any stretch, but they, they need empirical evidence, they have it. Mm-hmm. Right. And then for the manager, the wholesalers who move into management, well, they're always going to hire the best people. The distinction is they're consciously aware that there's all these other people out here. Right. And so Again, everyone wants to hire the best people, I presume, 
But if they don't know, what do they say? We can't find them. You hear, you hear it all the time. We can't find them. And so AWD is like, we found them for you. It, it's, it's fine. Here they are. But the black managers know, they really know, because they're a part of it. So they can reach into the network and find the, the absolute assassins right, that are out there as they start to hire. And so that's advancement. Advancement is critical. But yeah, recruiting is the final component. So we do the campus visits. We do the wholesaler development program. Um, and we do mentorship uh, for students and career changers. There, there are a number of folks who have come in through, through us who were not students. They were professionals somewhere else. We have several advisors who have come into the wholesaling world. We're not actively hunting advisors and trying to take away mm-hmm. from our, you know, client base, but mm-hmm. many advisors express interest. And that is a common path, as I'm sure you know, to right. come into wholesaling. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the recruiting is the last component. Do you focus on certain universities or, it, or, or is this broader than that? W- yeah. When you're we, recruiting we, out of the college ranks or high school ranks? Not high school. Um, generally speaking, most of the firms we work with are looking for a college degree. Um, sure. So we're not actively recruiting high school. I mean, there are a couple of firms that don't require a college degree. And I guess my, that- what I meant, what I meant by high school is more of an education. Cause I, I, I find you mentioned it earlier, wholesaling is a hidden career, right? It, yeah. It's something that most people become aware of, unless they've got a family member in the business. Most mm-hmm. people don't become aware of wholesaling until they're already out of college. Right. In my experience. Right. No, that's true. Yeah. So no, we, but we just, uh, our resources, our resources are limited. I'm a volunteer, right? Like I, I don't get paid for any of this stuff. So, um, we focus on college, but no particular colleges, um, not HBCUs specifically, although obviously there, it's a target rich environment, as you say. Um, but I went to university of Wyoming, obviously that's not an HBCU. So, but there are black students everywhere. And so what we do is we ask our members, to help us engage with their alma maters. And so that, that runs the gamut. That's because it's a, it's a direct connection. You know, you went to college there. If you have any connection with career counseling or your frat or your sorority, um, or the black student organization that you were either a part of, or you were, you were a leader in just help us connect. And then we can take it from there. Um, but yeah, we're, we're open. We work with colleges all over the country. And we do it virtual. We do it in person because we have members everywhere. And we have members wholesaling every state in the union. And, you know, any college, anywhere, you know, we can pop a member up there. It's 30 minutes to do a campus visit. Tops. We'll buy pizza, you know. Um, it, but we rely on the, fir- on, excuse me, on, the, on the school or the institution to do their advertising. Like we're not... Mm-hmm. It's not like announcing a $10 million grant from Merrill, right? Like that's not right. the deal. We're, we're talking to students about three things. What is wholesaling? Why should you care? And how do you do it? And it's a compelling presentation because we're good at what we do. And we're essentially wholesaling the students. And they do come away informed because, you know, a good wholesaler educates and can do it succinctly. Um, and then also execution. How many career fairs has anyone gone to where... The follow-up is, yeah, follow-up. You can follow-up, but for us, the end of the presentation is, here are the jobs, right? If you have a phone or a laptop or a device, you can go look at the jobs right now. It's just about every if, uh, uh, employer in the industry. Here are all the entry-level jobs, internships, and obviously we have you know senior-level jobs, but the students are looking for entry-level jobs and internships. Here they are. And there's a resume database. All of our sponsor recruiters have access to it. It's password protected. So you can engage fully with a mentorship and a follow-up and the wholesaling development program where you go through 12 weeks of training and get your SIE. But you can also just apply and, and put your resume up. It's a crystal clear, executable you know, potential outcome for, for the attendees of these sessions. Mm-hmm. It's not nebulous. Right. Right. And you actually have a development program as well, correct? It's a little bit more than just informing them in a half hour seminar. You're taking on some, uh, I don't know how you would refer to them as interns or your, your students programs to teach them the business, teach them the business a little bit more specifically, right? 
Yeah, it's called the Wholesale Development Program. Uh, I referenced it. It's 12 weeks. And they come out the back end with their SIE um, and then, you know, our certification, which, you know, isn't well known and don't have it specific designated, but it's the WDP certification that you went through this 12 week program taught mm-hmm. by top wholesalers right. in the industry. And it covers the craft, right? It's not about any product because who knows where you're going to work. And all the people doing the instruction are from different shops. However, we do teach them about products, right? We teach them about asset management. We teach them about insurance style things because those are kind of the two big categories. Um, But we teach them about, you know, call activities, business plan, um, systems, right? What does the contact management system look like just in general? Obviously, each firm has their own, but we go through the craft to intro it's an introduction to wholesaling uh process and you know this this was unique when we created it since then you know we've seen many firms many of our sponsor firms kind of take that and make it their own for their firm with the interest being you know helping people in service and and other departments who might want to come into the sales site you know frankly john what what's been happening in AWD has been revolutionary. We have had an outsized impact on a lot of different things, but you know it's it's unsung. That's the only thing that that frustrates me because, like the wholesale development program, that was created by a couple of our members, Ron Williams and Quentin Alton Spratt at uh, ones at True Stage, ones at Franklin Templeton. They created this and it's it's revolutionary. I'm telling you, top tier firms throughout the industry have essentially copied it, made it their own and are now rolling it out. And if if it was, you know, if it was coming from a different source or if we had more press, I mean, they'd be on the journal. They'd be you know, they'd be in the trade mags, you know, they'd be famous, Um, you know, but so be it. We'll we'll just keep doing what we're doing. That's great. Awesome. I, I mean, that's a huge need that you guys are uh, that you guys are fulfilling there, and and it's great that it's being copied too. You know that that other organizations are adopting similar programs. That I mean, that's that's what you need. Um, what what kind of support do you need? What what kind of support are you and your members looking for from investment management firms? I mean, what how can they be help solve the diversity problems that we have in this industry? What, what could they do, be doing better and what could they be doing more? Well, the, diverse, the diversity problems in the industry are, are you know, too broad. That's not our mandate. Uh, our mm-hmm. mandate is black hole sitters. Very simple, mm-hmm. very narrow, narrow, narrow focus. And we find it's more effective because it's a laser. It's a laser focus. So it has a outsized impact because it is so singularly focused. And so, right. um, what can they do though? What do we need? We need asset managers, investment managers, and insurance carriers, anyone who hires a financial services wholesaler, okay? Mm-hmm. Any firm that hires a financial services wholesaler. The first thing we need to let them need them to do is let their black wholesalers know mm-hmm. that this organization's here. Because again, the way we engage with our members is generally through our networks. But if an employee at your firm isn't connected through six degrees of separation to someone in the network currently, then they don't know. And then, but you are connected to them and you're privy to it. So you let them know. That's the first thing. The second thing is when you're looking for talent, come see us right now. Right. I understand that you do recruiting. Other people do (laughs) recruiting. We're not really at odds with you, right? We're not getting any part of their first year pay. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, our sponsorship is actually not like a quid pro quo. There are plenty of firms that they'll just buy a 299 post, you know, to throw throw up some jobs on the board because we do have costs that we have to take care of. But Mm -hmm. however you come to us, even if you come through us through, you know, John and and what's your shop career? What is it called? Career Career connections. Career connections. connections. Whatever. But if you're looking for black wholesalers, we have them at all mm-hmm. levels from 
people that are ready for leadership now who frankly it's right. criminal that they're not leaders people who who've been doing this for decades and have given us so much development content in-house where mm -hmm. people can point directly and say i am better i am wholesaler of the year i made seven figures because of what i learned from that awd member right people that are ready for leadership right now right um, right. So from the top to the bottom, come find us when you're looking for talent. And then the last thing I would ask is that if you believe our mission has value um, and, and our outcomes thus far are of value, then mm -hmm. consider sponsoring us, right? Our sponsorship mm -hmm. is, is on the website, but sponsorship has picked up. Uh, in latter years, it, you know, it really kind of picked up at the death of George Floyd and Amart Arbery and Breonna Taylor and others was when the whole country and the world, frankly, was was really coming to grips with with the modern um, look of of this, you know, this bias and, and such. But that that's died down. I mean, the reality is that's died down. There's now there's now the pendulum effect. Where, where folks are, are suing for reverse discrimination and things of that nature. And so we're, this is another reason why we're focused on outcomes versus focused on distractions, because there's no pendulum to swing to me helping wholesalers get better. No one can be against that. No one can be against that. You know, we have our conferences and our regional regional meetings and the, all the content is how do we get better? So any firm, right? No firm could puts themselves at risk, right? Of some type of reverse suit because we're just trying to help people get better at their craft, right? There's no, nothing really controversial about it. And so again, the third thing is if you believe these outcomes and this mission is of value, then yeah, please consider helping fund the things that we do have to fund, right? Because while the wholesalers are all volunteers, you know we have many service providers and various things that we do have to pay for. So mm -hmm. that's that's how that's how firms can help. How often do you, does the does the organization congregate, Marlon? How often? I mean, obviously you have an annual conference, but are you getting, you said regional as well? Like how often are you guys getting together? Yeah, we do regional events just about monthly. Um, any major okay. market, it just, we have regional officers. And if the regional officer, you know, works amongst the people, the members in that region and they find a time, then they do it. Um, every big city, just about, you know, Minneapolis, Seattle, LA, San Diego, I'm like just everywhere, Texas, all over the East, Eastern seaboard, Chicago, uh, Detroit, Nashville, there's there's a regional. Uh, we just picked up our regional officer in Columbus, but there's wherever there's enough, you know, roughly ten or so members. Again, anywhere on the vertical, um, then that's a place where we could have a regional regional meeting, a regional dinner. We usually do those meetings at dinner. Um, so we have our annual conference, which is for everyone. This year it was in Chicago. Next year it'll be in Atlanta. Uh, it looks like we're, we're, we have a poll going on, but Atlanta's kind of way out in front. And, um, but yeah, we have our regional, and then we have monthly Zoom workshops. You know, the Zoom workshops, again, it's just to get better. You know, we, we used to do it before we had sponsor money. We would uh, develop our content in house. And again, some of the best content I've ever seen in my career was coming from our members, right? People who were, cobbling together things they'd learned from their career from a, from multiple sources and then, you know, putting it out or some things just completely unique. But now with resources, we're able to buy some, you know, off the shelf stuff, you know, proven. You know, Brian Margulies, Maureen Wilkie, Rob Shore, uh, Paul Karasik, you know, just people who've made their career uh, helping wholesalers get better. Um, right. The, the distinction, though, is that, and, and those 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 things are inarguably strong. John John uh, Sequoia, the Sequoia system is a big one for us. John Sorowski, right. I can't forget him. He's been a great partner. Um, but the cool thing about the in-house content was the same thing that the students find of value, that it's being delivered by black faces and black voices. Mm -hmm. 
This is rare. This is one of those little things yeah. that, you know, no one's saying that anyone's racist because all the speakers are white. That's ludicrous. Right. We're just saying that it's pretty cool when sure. the speakers are black. Yeah. yeah it's, it's pretty <laughs> cool. And it only happens once a year, you know, or, you know, every so often. So, um, right. but, but there is a value proposition to that for our members. Um, that said, you know, uh, outside of Serrano Kelly, who we just had out, there aren't a lot of folks who are focused specifically on wholesalers who look like us, right? So mm -hmm. um, if those folks are out there and you're up and coming and you see this, call us up. Right. <laughs> we'll take right. a look at your stuff too. But just to be clear, it's got to be good stuff. <laughs> you're not throwing stuff up against the wall. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, but that's the deal. Absolutely. So I've had you for a very long time here this morning, Marlon, and I really appreciate your time. Before I let you go, though, I, I know you published a book a few years ago, Speak on Purpose. Can you tell me about it? I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but I do plan on picking it up. I was just curious. I, I'm a fan of public speaking, Toastmasters, that kind of thing. I was curious to tell, tell me a little bit about what you, you the concept of your book is. This is the book. My, uh, my oldest son was kind enough to uh, design it. Give design me a, cover. No, he gave me the, the little boxes ah, okay. <laughs> of war like hey dad you did that right? yeah that's uh, cool it was um speak on purpose the subtitle is deliver your message precisely and effectively it's a primer on sales communication and so what i've done is uh back in 2019 my wife encouraged me to 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 really get this role and uh, a gentleman at my firm as well um indirectly uh, greatly encouraged, formerly at my firm, and greatly encouraged me to get this rolling. But it's it's taking a lot of the sales psychology that I've been privy to, you know, in my my studies as well as in business, because I, I I stayed abreast of that mm -hmm. um, and connecting the dots to outcomes. And so, right. you know, because when you look at psychology, it's it's academic, and mm -hmm. and obviously some they're focused on outcomes, but in sales it's just outcomes. That's, that's, that's all we're looking at. And so right. helping, and it's, it's a primer because it's really, frankly, it's for someone who's early, you know, a veteran like yourself and others will certainly grasp a lot from it, I believe, but someone mm -hmm. who's really getting started, it's, it's, it's a no brainer. Um, we've had a number of firms, you know, commit to purchasing it for their entry level folks, just every class that comes in. So that's, that's a blessing. Um, sure. it's not how I make a living. Um, it's nine ninety nine <laughs> on Amazon and you know, I get right. I think like a dollar of that. Uh, it's actually, there's no cost. If you have an Amazon Kindle or if you have a Kindle, mm -hmm. account, you can read it for free as an ebook. So that's not right. the point, but the, the purpose of the book was to help, um, folks who are getting started in sales, or, or finance where you're, you're talking to people, um, right. give you practical, pr you know, demonstrable things that you can do to have an impact mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is what was happening. If I say it this way, then something different happens. If I right. do it this way, if I write it this way, then something different happens. And that's the way it's designed. Just kind of the way I live my life is this happens and then this is the result versus, you know, flowery speech and all right. concepts. I things have to be concrete for me. And, and I right. found that the feedback has been very, very positive. So, yeah, please do read it. And uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. Here's my ask of you and anyone who's listening to this. If you like it, give me a five star review on Amazon. It was a bestseller uh, for like nine months in the banking category, which is where I chose to, to place it. But if yeah. you don't like it, just shoot me an email. <laughs> it's fine. Just, just let me know. I'll I'll update yep. the, the next edition. Right. Well, I, I absolutely plan to read it and buy a few copies, <laughs> and I think I may distribute it to some of my uh, junior internals because I do I do place internals. So I will. Uh, sounds like a great tome for uh, for that audience and, and probably for anyone. So it's a I quick will, read. Uh, it's a hundred pages. I do that. Yeah. Quick read. Hundred pages. Um, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. What's the best way to reach you, uh, Marlon, for, for anyone that wants to reach out to you? Is it LinkedIn? You have other, I mean, obviously, if people want to learn more about AWD, how, sh how should they best reach you? 
AWD's website is diversityinwholesaling.org. So I know that's a long URL, mm-hmm. diversity in wholesaling. And in, of course, is the word in, all one word, dot O-R-G. You can also find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, mm-hmm. Twitter. Um, just type in Association for Wholesaling Diversity, and we should come right up. Uh, I'm on LinkedIn, and my LinkedIn presence is primarily, frankly, just for AWD. Um, mm-hmm. My day job, I don't have any, there's no There's no particular value proposition as relates to, to social media for my job. Uh, I know right. other folks feel differently right. about that, but sure. um, I have to make a decision. And so my decision is my social media is for, for the nonprofit. So, um, but yeah, the, but the website's the best place because all the questions are, are answered there. Um, mm-hmm. you know, we've been doing this now going on, I guess it'll, it's over seven years, right? This year and we're going on eight years coming up here in, uh, February of 2024. And so, mm-hmm. as you can imagine, we, I have been asked a lot of questions, right? And answering questions is time consuming effort. So sure. when I'm asked questions, I take the answers, and I put them on the website. Right. So <laughs> literally every question I've ever been asked about AWD, right. the right. answer on the website. So, um, but yes, of course, please call my, the, the email for us is uh, info at diversityandwholesaling.com. We actually have the .com URL as well. And so, yeah, I would love to, to hear from you. If you've got uh, black wholesalers that are out there who didn't know and they see this, please reach out. Anybody who's remotely interested. And then the last point I would absolutely like to make, obviously I'm still open to your questions, is we have a Hispanic outreach contingent and an Asian outreach contingent. And so, you know, that's the question that comes up. What about people who are Hispanic or Latin or whichever term they prefer? Yes, sure. because we have members who identify as both. And so mm-hmm. we created that literally at the beginning. And so- right. We've been keeping track of and, and identifying and connecting with each other, Hispanic wholesalers and same with Asian wholesalers. And so, frankly, what we're what we're looking to do is help those groups, you know, once they kind of hit critical mass as far as numbers and, and specifically numbers of people who are all connected and know each other. Right. Like, again, right. They're out there, but they're just right. all spread out. And so just like we were before I actively sought to bring us together, once we bring them together, then help them develop something that they want that looks like them and, or looks like them that is what they want, right? Like this is just the way I want, right? But this right. may not be the way. So that's, that's, that's part of our mission and part of our process as well. Um, sure. And then also white wholesalers. We have helped Mm -hmm. dozens of white wholesalers get jobs (laughs) because it's a public job board and a public resume database. And I I have lots of former internals. I have about 13 former internals. Several of them have gotten jobs through our job board because, Mm -hmm. you know, they reached out. They knew they they knew that they could reach out. Right. So if you have a non-black person listening to this or watching this and you don't know you want a job, but you don't know. If... First, call John and then uh, go check out our job board because we will help anybody find a job. Sure. Sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Marlon. This has been very enlightening. Um, you told us a lot of it, interesting information, some, some disturbing information about your, about your experiences, but, uh, but it's been great and I really appreciate it. And Thank you so much for what you're doing for the for the industry as well, just in helping advance the the, the causes of uh, of diversity in this industry. I mean, I think it's it's tremendous. But thank you again for being so generous with your time, and I appreciate it. Thank you for giving us a little press. Take care. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Game Changers. One of the things I value most about my job are the relationships and what I've learned from the candidates and clients I've worked with along the way. I was really impressed by the AWD organization Marlon has built with an assist from a few key people in his life. 
As a recruiter, I can attest that almost every firm I talk to says that they want to be more diverse, but not all are fully committed and have a plan to achieve it. Supporting an organization such as AWD would be a great way to do so by supporting employees financially to attend their events. If you've enjoyed this content, I'd love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and share this episode with friends. If you have any feedback, ideas, or if you'd be interested in being a guest yourself, I'd love to hear from you. I can be reached on LinkedIn, or you can reach me via email at jkeevy at careerconnections.us. Thanks again, and we'll see you soon on our next episode of Game Changers.